In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Jim Ford. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode. Oh God, I already forgot. <laughs> 371. We're going with it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're making the, we're gonna, we're making this an edit-free zone for Chad since he's under the weather. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So as as I just spoiler alert, as I just said that yes, this 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 episode is now, but we were envisioning this was going to be like two days ago. <laughs> But it's okay. It's okay. It's it, it's 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 gonna work. Um, so yes, Chad's not feeling well. His allergies have been uh, they pretty much KO'd him earlier in this week. So instead of rolling the dice that maybe he'd be okay for to record on today and maybe he wouldn't, since people are gonna do an issue review, we decided to push that one back. And it would have been timely again. It was gonna be the but the year of the villain Sinestro one shot. So we would have done new releases the day they came out two weeks in a row. But alas, the last best, you know, the worst and best laid plans of mice and men here. So instead, we're we're gonna do something I was gonna talk about in that episode anyway, since I signed up for it and have a little firsthand experience with it. Which is we're gonna for the agenda for the episode. We're gonna talk about the Regal Unlimited plans, mostly the uh, all access, because that's the one I signed up for, the the highest, the, the upper tier plan. But we have to mention when you talk Fancy. about it. <laughs> yeah, fancy. You, you kind of have to talk about the other two just a little bit to to, to kind of like set to set them apart. So we're gonna. Do well, that. You you have to tell everybody about the garbage plans to show <laughs> just how great the plan that you have. Is. Well, it's not. But as we'll t- discuss, it's not really. It's not necessarily the content of what you're getting for each plan that's different. It's just where it can be used. I guess is the better way to. So we're going to do that because that was that was part of the original plan. Jim and I were planning on discussing at least loosely Stranger Things when probably when we did our soon to be recorded pre-birth, but mm-hmm. since we just since Jim nobly volunteered to to step into the fray since I was just going to do a solo episode that we're we figured we might as well do the Stranger Things here and then we're going to wrap up talking a little Hobbs and Shaw which would be a relatively it's going to be a little bit of a review, but it's mostly going to, it's going to be talking about Hobbs and Shaw and, and how it, how it's done, how it might do, where it fits into the Fast and Furious universe, and of course the mm-hmm. great controversy that just never seems to die between Vin Diesel and The Rock and and things like that. So <laughs> so it'll, it, it'd be so I don't know how much we're going to get out of that, but we're probably going to get, at least get ten minutes out of it. So <laughs> so that's pretty much going to be the agenda. Uh, so yes, there'll be timestamps for this episode since we have three different topics. But uh, nice. Okay, so before we get started, um, non-spoilers because I haven't read it yet. The Sinestro issue. Don't ask me because I didn't. I don't have. I I can't tell you anything because I didn't buy it today. 
Oh man, that's one of the, that is uh, here's one of the lazy man reasons why. Besides the fact that I like to know what I don't, I like knowing ahead of time what I'm doing when it comes to recording. <laughs> that that's one of the reasons why I wanted, I kind of wanted to know where Chad was leaning last night as we're recording this on Wednesday night. On Tuesday night, I kind of wanted to know where Chad was leaning. If he thought we were leaning, yes. That he thinks that he thought he could because. I've simply put, I was not going to bother stopping in just to get the, this one issue today, since it was especially because it was my turn to do the to do the recap. That I wasn't going to be bothered picking it up today if I knew I didn't have to, and for the, tonight's episode. Yeah. So I can't well, tell you jack about it because other than what this, I know I know what the basic something about the basic synopsis of it, but very very little. So I was kind of I wanted that's what I kind of wanted. I wanted to go in kind of blank about it. So. I, I can't answer your question, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just going to ask if it was good or bad, but uh, this is actually one of, like, the weeks where, I mean, I, I definitely could not get to the comic book store today, but I do want to go relatively soon because you've got the Sinestro issue, and then you've also got Green Lantern number 10, which is, like, the, the search for the Cosmic Grail. Yes, which, I mean, to me, like, I've been wanting to know about that for, like, I guess, the, you know, for however, however many years it's been since Grant Morrison just kind of teased that as a footnote in his, you know, Guide to the Multiverse. Yes, plus it also tr- hopefully make a little more sense of whatever the hell was going on last issue, because Lord knows they just dropped in the middle of it and like, Good luck. <laughs> Dropped in the middle of the forest. No GPS. No breadcrumbs. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Which that's, may- that's when you're gonna have to read that backwards and then forwards again. Yeah. I mean, it, for what it was, it was an it was an interesting story. But that, but like I mentioned in that episode, it's like if you're for for everybody who who had like chills and broke out in, sw- in a cold sweat when they fi- found out that Grant Morrison was taking over the Green Lantern book. That kind of <laughs> was a good example of what you kind of were expecting every month, potentially. And luckily, we haven't really gotten that so far. But, yeah. <laughs> did you guys did you guys review number nine yet? Uh, number nine was the one that, yeah, that was the one that ended with the with the, the, the lantern showing up at the end and, right, those, all the, like, the hippie lantern and everything else. Right. Yeah, yeah, we did that one. We did did yeah. you guys like have a like any any theories or guesses about what that giant creature was? Oh, um, we I don't think we had any real guesses. I mean, solid guesses. All I know is that one part because when they showed him kind of like split between a body and a human, almost like a body and, a, and like a skeleton and a body or whatever. It, it was weird, but I think at the time it reminded me a little Cyborg Superman, just the way it was split. But clearly it wouldn't be him anyway. But I'm saying since we're getting like variations on different characters, uh, no. I just, why? What were you thinking? Well, I was definitely thinking Cyborg Superman. Okay, cool. So that means I mean, because if you look at it, like the skeleton is metal. That's true. Um, it's all metal, and like you know, it's just like you got the the hair. The face, like everything about it, just screams Cyborg Superman. So, and honestly, I wouldn't doubt that it's actually the Cyborg Superman from Earth Prime. Because he's going after Hal Jordan. That's true. That is true. But, but that, but great minds think alike. Yes, when I saw that, when I saw when they showed that first, like, 
uh, splash page or whatever with the way the body was split and you see like the skull and then you see the face and it's like that's what and, and I did mention it that episode it's like yeah that's what that's what it, my initial reaction was this is a, at the very least a variation on Cyborg Superman because that's what it looks that's what it looks like yeah. but well it's Grant Morrison so it could be anything <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it could be, Very true. Could be anything from the multiverse that we've never read before, or he hasn't even written about before. <laughs> okay, so um, the Regal programs. Yes. Okay, so now I, I, my, I prefer to go to Regal theaters. I have absolutely no idea what this program is about whatsoever. Cool. So let me tell you about it. Now, mm-hmm. I, now, I, now, first of all, I knew a little. I knew the basics of this, like. And I'm not the only one. Other people did too, because there were there were rumors about this in the beginning of July. But I found out from my friend, who's the manager at or at the Poughkeepsie Regal, that I kind of knew the basics of how this conceptually how this was going to work, and that it was supposed to be rolled out at the end at the end of July. And but there were some things that when it, when when some of the rumors started coming out like online and stuff a few weeks later, I think some people were scared away by certain things about it. So I wanted to. So yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the base. Let's talk about the basics. They have uh, Regal has three, and it's and some people have made fun of this, which makes sense because they call all all three plans have Regal Unlimited in them. <laughs> but number one, none of them are truly unlimited, and it's kind of like it's kind of playing on the term. It's like it's unlimited, but yet there's a plan that goes for two of them. There's a plan that goes above the plan that you have. <laughs> So basically, the real difference between the three plans, you have Regal Unlimited, which is the eighteen month, eighteen dollars per month plus tax plan. The Regal Unlimited Plus, which is the twenty one per month plan plus tax, and the Regal Unlimited All Access, which is what I got, is which is twenty three fifty per month plus tax. The main difference, I think, the only difference between the plans really is the number of theaters it works for. The base really? plan. The base plan only works. Basically, it says it works at more than 200 select theaters. The second right. plan works at more than 400, and the up the all access works on pretty much all the regal theaters across the country. Now that caveat is, of course, depend. They have a list of theaters, and they're basically they're tiered, so they're color coded. They're tiered. So be- even if you wanted, so let's say even if you wanted to get the $18 per month plan, you need to really check if you if you don't travel if you only really go to your one theater regularly you need to check to see what tier your theater's in because you may not like for me as an example the only the only plan i was planning on getting this plan anyway but the only plan that covered my stadium 16 in poughkeepsie is the all access so i wouldn't have had a choice but depending on where people are located uh probably in our area jim probably everything's going to be You'd have to get the all access. I think maybe so. It's probably it's probably more regional, depending. Right. So, but but that's that is really as far as I know that is really the main difference between the three plans is that pretty much if you get the unli- the all access you can get see a get a standard 2D ticket per showing free across the country. Um, but before I break down, before I go into any more specifics, I have the program perks. This is basically the program perks that go along with. Uh, the standard ticket you get for for free. Ten uh, percent off all food and non-alcoholic drink purchases, so you save ten percent at concession, which is nice. Which mm-hmm. is nice. So even if you go twice a month, 
let's say you even go twice a month and let's be super conservative and you only spend $10 at concession each time you go, you're still saving $2. So that's a plus. There are no black, <laughs> there are no blackout dates, so you don't have to worry about going to the Thursday night showings when something opens up and you can't get it or you're not allowed to or you're going to have to pay an upcharge fee to do that. No, you can, as long as the seats are available, you, you can get your one ticket free. You're free. You get a free large popcorn and soft drink on your birthday, which is okay. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's not. Does, <laughs> never hurts. It's not, not a selling point, though. No, it's not a huge selling point. And to be perfectly honest, until I until I like really looked at this post post purchasing, I didn't even know that was a perk. That wasn't anything that really. You you still earn your Regal Crown Club credits with every dollar you spent on your subscription. So that's so you basically get extra points, I guess, for 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 your subscription money. And I guess supposedly they're supposed to have Regal Unlimited screenings that you'll be the first to go to see some things at. Uh, I don't think they've announced any of those yet, but that's good to know that there'll be basically a, you know, a special scre- screenings here and there for maybe certain movies just for the people who, who have who have the plan. So that's so th- that's the basic that's the basic breakdown of of your plan. So if you're looking at it from the and I broke this down in my little in my little bulleted list here. Since I was planning on doing the solo, I tried to I tried to make myself as organized as possible so I would not <laughs> ramble ramble incessantly without anybody to stop me. At least now Jim can stop me if need be or ask the appropriate question. <laughs> so the pros are obviously, like I said, you you pretty much can get a sta- you can get a standard two D ticket at any Regal, and but you can but well, I don't want to do that. I'm sticking with the positive. And like I said, you get the concession. The other thing that wasn't mentioned on that list, which is really important. You can you definitely can do multiple movies per day, so you're not just limited to one movie per day. You can do multiple really? movies per day. But the other thing is, especially if one is prone to buy tickets online, right now the, the standard the ha 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 convenience fee, <laughs> more like the inconvenience fee, <laughs> but the convenience fee for ordering a single ticket online for Regal is a dollar fifty through the Crown Club app. And I should point out, you need the Regal Crown Club app before. You get this. You have to sign up for this through the Regal Crown Club app. You can do it. I think you can do it online through the site still. I think you can do that. But there's no physical card here. It's all going to be done uh, digitally, which is probably right. a negative on some level. It's not like the old Crown Club card you could where you physically had it and you could just use it. I think for most people nowadays, it's not as much of a negative, but it's just something I felt like I should, I should point out. But the standard convenience fee if you're ordering a single ticket online is $1.50. For your free ticket, if you order it online, it's only it's only a fifty cents convenience fee. So you would still save a dollar for your ticket online. So again, if you if you were just going to two movies yourself a month, you'd, and you and you were t- and you tended to get your tickets in advance for whatever reason that you always felt compelled, especially if it's something you wanted to, because your state your your theater has reserved seating and you like your seat, so you just want to get it as soon as you're available, and you don't care about. Th- paying convenience fee, at least you'd be saving, instead of pay, paying $3 a month for your two tickets, you don't even be paying a dollar for your convenience fee. So that's, that's so, kind of, good. Okay, so, and you can see as many movies as you want in a month. Correct. And now what happens if you go there to get your tickets? Because normally when you go to the theater, you don't have to pay the no, con- yeah, convenience still, yeah, fee. Yeah, there's no, there's no convenience fee if you buy it at the theater. But if you don't have a card, what do you show them the app? You would, yeah, you 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 would. They would scan 
The same the same way now. If you're buying it, if you're buying a ticket to Regal now, how you, you would have the Regal Crown Club app. Now it looks different, mind you. They make you take your picture attached to this because I think because they're going to be based on the, the what's supposed to happen is that basically they're not. I think the main reason they do this is basically let's say you wanted to, let's say you wanted to buy a ticket. As somebody a friend of yours wanted to, or let's say Lauren had time and she wanted to go see a, a movie and you had the app. But right. but if you bought it if you bought a ticket and like and, and printed it out you bought it online but you printed it out and gave it to her I think they're going to ask for they're, they're going to ask for ID for it if you're using you, if you yourself are going to to the movie you're going to have the app on your and if you have the app on your phone then they scan that in just the way they used to scan the Regal Crown Club in so it's still a bar it's still a barcode it's just that they have your picture on it now so it's almost like a form of ID so I right. think they're trying to do away from the, the idea that oh now it'll be curious to see if they're going to be as rigid if you actually just buy your physical ticket at the theater which clearly looks different than a printout and everything else but it, whether they're still going to ask for some form of ID if you don't have your phone on you but as far as I know, yes, there's no convenience fee, and, I'm, and I'll be testing this out soon. Some of the stuff I've tested out myself, some of the stuff I didn't. That, but I don't believe there's any convenience fee, like you said, for buying a ticket in, at the theater. It's just if you're right. ordering online, it's still it's still going to be a dollar fifty, which we'll talk about in a second. Some of the the media, the gray to negative aspects of this, not unexpected, but just to, for clarification. But for your ticket alone, yes, if you're getting your ticket only, your ticket online, your ticket is free, you, you would just be paying your first standard 2D. You'd only be paying – your ticket is already covered. It's a zero when you when you, when you you pick out your seat and you put it in your cart, but they will charge you only a 50-cent convenience fee for purchasing online when right now, if you didn't have any of these programs, you'd be paying $1.50. I think that's standard. I'm just that, – that's what it is for me at least. It's a dollar It's a dollar fifty. the convenience fee. The convenience fee, I'm sure, is universal. I don't think they do that originally. Yeah, it's it's roughly usually like a buck fifty everywhere. So that so you would so you would still save so you would save you know, at least a dollar every time you order a ticket online. So that so that is a plus. Mm-hmm. Now 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 we're growing into some of the gray or negative areas. The, this doesn't cover any none of the plans, which I think surprised people. Covered any of the 3D tickets or any of the IMAX or the Regal version of IMAX. All those are separate upcharges. If you need. Mm-hmm. And what I found out today, just for playing around, which was not easy to do because there aren't any, there are barely any movies playing in 3D right now at, at my theater. But I found one, and the upcharge fee for 3D, and I don't, th- and I don't think this was a matinee either. I think this, and I'm not sure if it would, if it would vary, but I think it was an evening showing. It was 350. So if you were going to get a 3D ticket, it would basically you'd still be paying an extra three dollars and fifty cents. That's not too bad. No, I know it's not, but yeah, but it's but it's but it's worth but it's worth noting. Yeah, just like premium seats, which I don't think my theater has. I'm not even sure what their technical definition of premium seating is at Regal. I don't know if it just means reclining seats. I don't know if they have seats that actually have food service, food service like the, like Alamo Draft House does. But they'd be but, yeah. But those are upcharged. But they charge an upcharge for those seats too. Um. I think uh, – now, wait a second. Premium seating other than recliners. Well, my theater has like the like the motorized recliners. 
it could be. I don't know. I, I don't have that in mind, and so I couldn't really play around with, with that aspect of it. I, it yeah. just seems to be. It seems to be a little murky about what that means. But I'm guessing yes. It's either it's either reclining seats or like you said, advanced reclining seats, or maybe it's covered something that has you know the the, the food service where they come to you and they deliver. Either way, whatever they yeah. whatever meets their definition for a premium seat, there also is going to be an upcharge. I don't know if it if it's that if it's a standard 350 for any upcharge is 350. I don't know. I just know from the 3D for me was 350. Right. <clears throat> Any Fathom events you go to, that is also not covered, which I found out. Really? Yes. That's an that is potentially a, a negative for a lot of people. I noticed because I because one of the first things I was going to do was actually the, one of the first things I was going to do absolutely was going to go get for the Rift tracks that comes out in a couple of weeks, but the Great Spider Invasion and all right. and not and you can't even get. And none of those seats, none of those tickets are covered. So that is a negative. It does say that, mind you. If you look at the fine print, it's not a BS thing that they zap you with. But just to point out to people that yes, so if you go to Fathom events, if you do Rift tracks, if you or you do the you know the opera, you know, any of the things that they have, the concerts, the Fathom events tickets, which still are cheaper than regular tickets anyway, but they're not covered. So you would so so that is that is a that is a you know, to some people that is a negative, and it's worth. And I definitely wanted to mention that you, mm. you still can only get your ticket free, which it seems like it, it's common sense, but a little disappointing for some people. If you went to go buy two tickets, you're only going to get your ticket free. You're going to be paying for the other ticket that you're buying. It makes. I mean, obviously, yeah, it, it makes it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. Now, here's here's yeah. the, here's the interesting thing, which I found out because I wanted to test to see if it was per showing or per transaction. So I originally bought a ticket for what the tales, the the scary tales to tell in the dark or whatever is coming out tomorrow because I'm going to see that. Okay. That originally I bought one, I tested it out and I got my free ticket for that showing. Then I then I wanted to see if it would let me get another. It wouldn't. But the problem is, however, when you go back in, if you needed to buy a second seat in a separate transaction, right now the app is quirky. And it keeps kicking you out of it because of the fact that it's because it automatically puts that that free ticket in your cart, but it already knows you have one for that for that showing. Right. So basically, what I ended up doing in order to get the two seats that I wanted side by side, I eventually I just had to cancel. I had to cancel that and ask for a refund on that tra- first transaction, and then just go back in and get my ticket, and then get my friend's ticket. Okay. So that's something just worth noting that if you're planning on getting, if you know for a fact you're getting two, you're going to get two tickets. Or you're going to get multiples. You're better off. Yeah, you bet. Right now, I, mean, I, I, I don't think it'd be an issue if you did this at the theater, but just ordering online, ordering through the app, it was a little, it was a little quirky. So I didn't, I did kind of notice that. They also, now, go ahead. With the second ticket, you said you still have to pay the full 150 convenience fee. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So as an example, and this is what this is exactly what I this is exactly what I did. I bought two tickets. One was a senior ticket. One was a senior ticket. The second ticket. So basically, it was my ticket was free. The senior ticket, I think, was ten fifty. So the convenience fee for me would be fifty cents. Convenience fee for him was a dollar fifty. Okay. That's how. That's how. That's how. It, that's how it broke down. Uh, another thing that, much like what you and I would have experienced with and appreciate, on pros and cons. <laughs> anyway, appreciating quotes maybe. That they, they do have much like fast passes at Disney World. They do have a window. They do have a like an overlap window where they don't allow you to book another movie in advance if you're too close to a, to a movie you already have 
uh, if you already have tickets purchased through the app at least. Which makes sense. Oh, Which makes okay. sense because again, I think it's also a way to limit you from doing like we talked about before, being able to buy a ticket for somebody else. Right. So if you have, so if I, I like, I, and I tested this too. Like I had a ticket for seven. For the, I think my showing tomorrow is seven fifteen. I went to do a t- I went to see if it would let me get a ticket for something at eight thirty. It wouldn't. It was too close. It just kind of gave you a, gave you the message saying, basically, you 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 have another showing that's. I forget the actual language, but that it was a little too close to your to something you already have have a ticket for. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing is they only go and this and this is only an on an app thing. This, this, this you can obviously at the theater this isn't an issue. You could get as many tickets in advance as you want, but through the app you can only basically get three three tickets or three showings, however you want to look at it. You can only have three sets. Let's, let's just use that term: three sets of advanced tickets, basically purchased at one time. They won't let you get a fourth until you use one of the three up. <laughs> so that's that it's a weird quirk I, I, I so i read about that obviously i haven't tried that yet it's like they're definitely using the fast pass system that yeah yeah so that that, that 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 is something that i thought of too now you can work you can work around that in the theater going to the theater to get your tickets in advance but if you right but it's just something that for some reason if if a lot of let's say a lot of movies let's say over the summer had pre had pre you know pre-sales on your tickets and you had and this was available at the time and you had like Endgame tickets and got and let's say Godzilla and, and Spider Man. If you had those three waiting for you until you saw Endgame, you couldn't get another one if, some, if another movie popped up that you wanted to get advanced for. So essentially, <clears throat> that's real. That's pretty much everything that I have for, have firsthand knowledge and did some research on about the plan. Really, no matter how you slice it, if you go to two movies a month, the plan is still worth it. <laughs> Yeah, because a standard ticket for me, anyway, is like a standard 2D ticket is close to fourteen dollars. I think it's like thirteen seventy-five for me up here. So even so, even without saving the money on concession and everything else, you go to two movies. You go to two movies a month. That's already more than twenty. That's you know knocking on the door of twenty-eight dollars that you'd be spending. And the plan, even with the tax, is not you know is not going to be anywhere near. It's not going to be near that. So you're gonna make you're gonna make money on it. Yes, the the, the thing about Fathom Avenge kind of stinks a little bit. Because yeah. because on certain months, like this month in particular, I well actually t- I guess technically I'm gonna I'm gonna meet that because I went to Hobbs and Shaw last week and I'm gonna go this week to the you know Tales of, Tales to Tell in the Dark and then even but let's say I didn't do a movie this week and the other movie I planned on seeing this month was uh, the Fathom the Fathom Events the Rip Tracks and then for a month anyway I might not technically make money on it or I'd be losing a little bit. So that is a negative, but that's something why I wanted to mention it just so people – so I wanted to give – basically it was just to give people a primer on how it works and just little quirks, excuse me, that I found out because I ordered – I actually got this last week. I didn't want to play around. I knew it was available because I had to upgrade the app, my, my Regal Crown Club app. I did not want to mess around with that until Hobbs and Shaw since I already had my reserved ticket so I didn't want to run the risk of it being a quirk with the app and then sometimes not let, not accepting my password and things like that because I had that with a previous upgrade of of Regal Crown Club which is why I went back to the original <laughs> uh, and then I, I've been, it's been updated since and I had no problem but it was so I just didn't want to play around with it until after the movie but I, I uploaded it on Thursday night and then I think I played around with it getting I, Getting a ticket either uh, I think on Friday, and that's when I did the, the, to make sure if it was one ticket per showing and how it would handle going back in to get a second ticket for the same showing. 
So. Right. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was worth I thought because it was kind of in the news and how pe- in case people wanted to know you know how it worked to the the pros and the cons. There's a, there's I mean there there are plenty of pros. It's just uh I don't there really aren't any real negatives at the moment. Oh the oh the one thing I didn't mention which is important is that you have to commit to this for a year ahead of time. But you can pay monthly, so you do not have to pay a you know two hundred dollars plus, like two hundred fifty dollars or whatever it is with tax. Okay. For a month. You okay. Do, you do not have. That was one of the rumors that things people misunderstood, even though I knew from from my friend Chris that that's not the way it was going to work. When the first, you know, it's funny because when you know you you're talking about this, and I'm like, you know, I'm like this really makes sense for some months, and it really doesn't make sense for other months. You know, because like September. Usually August. I, August, I guess, has been getting a little bit bigger. But like you know, September. You know, October is is great if you're into horror movies. But you know, like maybe like uh, I don't know March. <laughs> Usually, like kind of January, kind of clunkers as far as movies go. So I mean, you know, like I was thinking, it's like, well, I mean, if you could cancel for those months, but like you're saying, you have to commit for a year. That's how they're able to justify this as a program right so you have two choices you have two choices you can either pay up front for the whole year which is interesting because if you pay up front technically speaking when your year comes up i think you that you it's almost like it gets canceled after a year and then you have to decide if you're going to up if you're going to renew it but the monthly plan i think will continue until you cancel it that's based that may be the only real difference with that mm. um so, but it's it's that's but it's worth no. And I, I think there are extenuating circumstances that you can technically cancel it, but clearly they're not they're not going to be super lenient towards that. Uh, mm. And that so that is so that's kind of a, that is I guess a potential negative too if you don't think that you want to commit that you know like whatever like whatever I'd have to go back and double check what it charged me with the tax like 20 let's say 24 24 something maybe with tax if it was even that much probably wouldn't have been but if it was if basically if you're committing to like $25 a month a charge worst case scenario if you're not willing to do that for like 12 months at least initially but it but it's good that they all they gave you the option of both because I think they knew that the idea of paying like 230 something bucks up front right away is something yeah. that probably would turn a lot of people off. So I, no, it, would, it would be three hundred dollars. Oh, you're right. You're right. And I'm thinking ten months. I'm doing. I'm, yeah. I'm doing. T- I tend to do that because it's easy math. You know, ten times. You know, twenty three. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty is like two hundred and thirty three and fifty. But you're right. Yes, it would be. Yes, it would be right around three. So yeah, that they would, and then tax and anything else. So. Well, I mean, I, you know, if you go see a lot of movies, then. You know, I I would think that it's fairly easy to justify three hundred dollars for all your movie tickets for the year. Uh, for me personally, like I'm lucky if I get to see a movie each month. And honestly, I, I think if I had to try to get myself to go see a second movie, it would seem like work. So, yeah, like I actually I, I had the um, was it Movie Pass? Was that the the, the first? Yes, one like yes, this. the the, ori- the original that whose whose uh, market share and has plummeted for logical reasons, and whose uh, business model was not overly well thought out. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, let me tell you, they made money off of me. You know, like the biggest pain in the ass was that 
the whole online ordering of it was never accessible in my area. Like, I, I could never use that program to buy tickets online. I always had to go to the theater, you know, and pick out my seat or whatever like that ahead of time. And it's like, you know, that's when all the theaters locally, at least, were switching over to that, you know, pick your seat yes. so that, you know, in, in, in advance. Everybody's like getting their tickets in advance for all these big movies. So it's like, you know, I would go to the, the movie, the movie theater or whatever, and there would just be no seats, you know, for like any of like the decent showings for like an entire weekend for, you know, some big movie or whatever. And I couldn't do it online. So it was just it was a pain in the butt. And I'm very glad to not be with that anymore. I, this is very intriguing. The fact that you have to be on it for a full year is kind of a deal breaker for me. You know, maybe later on when, you know, when the kids are a little bit older, you know, maybe we'll all go see movies together more often. But I, I kind of doubt it. It makes me wonder if if they're going to end up doing like a family plan version of this where where they charge where you where they are going to charge you more. But let's say you're able to get at least two adult two standard tickets per Per, per, per showing and maybe have maybe if they don't give you maybe it won't include a kid's ticket but maybe there's going to be a very slight upcharge to get you know maybe like to get kids tickets or something just because that's to me that's the draw that's that's the drawback to this now it's still i mean it's still economically feasible and it makes sense for me even though it, it's, it's when you it's the psycho psychological aspect of it knowing that oh they're charging you 23 plus dollars per month plus and every time you you use something on the app if you're getting a ticket for somebody else, oh, it's another ten, you know, it's another ten dollars and fifty cents plus, you know, that it's that the fact that you can hear, you get the dollar signs in your, in your, in your eyes as the cash register keeps going. But at the end yeah. of the day, you're still actually saving money because if you didn't have the app, you'd be, you'd basically every time I'd be going to the, every time I'd be even getting tickets at the theater, it would be like twenty dollars and fifty cents for the two senior tickets, and then uh, plus the concession. So at least now, basically every time I'm going. At least out of pocket, I'm only paying for one ticket. Even if I get it on the app, I'm only paying for one ticket, and it will, and it can, and definitely, it encourage you to go to more movies at least by yourself, or if the or if the person you go with has their own plan, which would be, I guess, ideal. That yeah. seeing more movies, I mean, because they would definitely encourage you to go see more movies. Because why? Why wouldn't it? Because you literally could go, you literally could go to a couple of movies a day, and and you're, and at best, especially if you're buying your tickets at the theater, that. What you'd be paying for, you'd be paying for concession, which is probably one of the reasons why they're able to do. Where they priced this out, they figured they'd make money because they figure well, yeah. people, people are going to movies more, then they're going to be going, they're going to have, more, they're going to be going to concession more, and since, which is one of the big right. failings with Movie Pass all along was really the only source of revenue they were getting were people signing up for the plan. Yeah. At least the theater chains, since they get most of their real profit from concession anyway, they realize okay, if we bring people in. We bring people into the theater like two to three times more than they normally do. They're, they're still going to be even saving the 10% of concession, which really just covers a little bit more than tax. That at the end of the day, that they're still going to be getting a decent chunk of change out of this person every single time they, you know, they come into the theater. So I'm sure that factored into the, to why AMC and why Regal is able to do something like this while MoviePass was always limited because where else was their source of income going to come from? Well, two things. One – Ten percent covers more than tax outside of New York. That's true too. That is true. You know, 
we're like we're close to like nine percent tax so you know yeah okay so now it's, it saves us the tax but uh yeah like you go somewhere where it's like you know three percent or whatever or less or i think i'm pretty sure there's a state that has no sales tax on yeah, certain stuff like yeah, that yeah so that that's you know that's nice savings but the other thing is like and that's kind of why I think that there won't be a family plan because, you know, this is this is a program that is geared towards like either like people that are, are you know, up for going to the movies by themselves just to go catch a movie or, you know, like movie buffs who are each going to get a plan or something like that. And those are the kind of people that will go to the movie theater and will buy snacks Whereas if you have a family plan, like for one thing, I think if they priced it higher than, you know, much higher than 50 bucks, I I can't see many families jumping on that. And the other thing is, like, I'm sure that there are a number of other families out there like me who smuggle in your own snacks to save money. And they know that. They know that, you know, like, oh, okay, so this family that's, you know, seeing eight movies this month, you know, is right. smuggling in like a gallon of, you know, of, uh, of Coke and, and then plastic cups and doling them out. And, you know, they might as well be having like bringing like a picnic basket with all their snacks and everything like that. So. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so. But it's interesting. Obviously, the more I use it, I'll have more. I'll have more experience and, pro- and can probably answer some other questions some people have. If other people have used the app and, and have more of a clarity about some of the things we discussed, it's like I didn't, ha- I had no up. Op- if you if you're in an area that is premium seating, you know it would be interesting to know if it's still a standard 350 upcharge if that's their standard upcharge for everything, um, or is it? But it was that's why I definitely want. I, I was glad I was able to find something that it was a 3D showing just to say, okay, so this is an idea yeah. of what, this is an idea of what the up what the upcharge is. But uh, clearly, overall, you know, it's it's gonna it's it's a good at least for the first year because you're going to take it to the bank. They'll probably raise the price by the time you get to the second yeah. year. That for the for the introductory price, the low 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 introductory price. Of twenty three fifty, it's it's worth it again, especially if you go to the movies twice, at least twice a month. Between the co- the cost of your tickets, saving uh, saving anything, you get a concession, and then especially if one, like I said, if you're prone to buying your, or you lean towards getting your tickets online. You know, even getting your two tickets online now would for you it would only cost you a buck combined when it cost you three otherwise. Mm-hmm. So so it's so it's it's worth it. It's and it, yeah, it might encourage it might encourage me to be. Even though I'm not really a going to the movies person by themselves. That's never been my thing. It's a, I've done it, but I, it's kind of like a hang up I still have. Uh, <laughs> I might from a Chuck when Chuck was alive, he and I always would have this debate because some people are hung up about eating by themselves, and some people are hung up and well, and and some people are hung up about going to the movies by themselves. I, I in my mind's eye, I mean not not like in a fa- really fancy restaurant or or maybe even not, not even fancy, maybe even like a you know a bigger chain restaurant going in by yourself like at seven seven thirty on a Friday night. Like I probably wouldn't do necessarily do that, but there's tons of reasons to justify eating by yourself, whether you're traveling or whatever. Uh, so to me, I, this, 
to me, even though people would say the same stigma to, to eating by yourself at the restaurant, to me, the stigma of going to the movies by yourself is always that, oh, you couldn't get anybody to go with you, <laughs> which is what some people would say about eating by yourself too. But for me, it's, it's one of those interesting quirks that I, I, it doesn't bother me as much now, especially if it's like a matinee. I think it, it wouldn't bother me nearly as much. But I've never been prone – never been – my tendency has never been to do that. But this might encourage me to do it, you know, to do it a little, to do it more often, or to give it a shot, just because, just because it's there, or to see something that you wanted to see again anyway, and if, and you and you happen to be around and like like Endgame, like I would have probably seen Endgame one more time. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. But cool. Oh, okay. Well, um, now you mentioned uh, Hobbs and Shaw, so I guess it's only natural to segue into Stranger Things season three. <laughs> Unless you really prefer to leave that to the end, um, well, it's up to you're, you. Know, you know, you're the guest host, so you can make you de- you can decide. I, I know, but you told people that they you're should right. expect Hobbs and Shaw near the end. You're so. right. Okay. And plus, I don't know how long the Stranger Things segment is going to be. I'm guessing this will be the shortest of the three segments. Um, so I saw. I pretty much. A binge watch this when if the first weekend it came out. I think I had it. Do- I had it done before. Uh, it came out what right before July fourth, like July third or something like. It, didn't it? I think it. I thought it dropped on July fourth. That's right. July fourth was. Yeah, it might. You're right. It's hard for me to remember that because that was during the week and I had some extra days off that week, so that's why it's thrown. My, my, my mind's eye. I'm thinking weekend, but it wasn't. But yes, I think you are correct. I think it technically dropped on the fourth. <clears throat> So I binge watched this pretty quick. I think I finished it in two days. Um, <laughs> I think it was to me one thing. I, my initial impression was it it was a really good season to binge watch because it really it really drew the story really was driven forward pretty well. I really that it made you want to continue to watch. I didn't. I don't really remember there being a really a turd of an episode for the most part in this season. The fact that they there were only eight, right, or they're nine? Yes, eight. That was eight. eight. Yeah. The fact that they had eight made it easier, and but I think, oh, I mean, even though there were obviously there were some characters and some plots, and we'll talk about that. Did maybe didn't do all that much for me or for Jim or for probably everybody can pick out somebody, but I thought it really it moved. And I don't remember season one because it's been. I mean, I remember the, obviously the major events. But it's, I don't remember the pacing of season one as much. I can't. I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, season two a little bit because it's a little fresher. So I think this definitely moved better than season two as far as driving you forward and making you want to watch the next part as soon as possible. But I, I liked it. I obviously there'll be some things I'll when when we come back around to me there'll be some things that I, I didn't like about it. But I thought overall it was it was a it was a good season. I thought it was well written, and I'm obviously. It ends on an interesting note to to set up season four, so I think mm-hmm. so I think it definitely succeeded on its basic levels, for, no doubt. Yeah, the um, the fact that there were eight episodes in this one, I thought was interesting because the first season was eight episodes, and everybody went nuts over it. Then you had the second season, and everybody went nuts over it, except there were like a number of complaints about like one episode, like one episode, like the one where she went and, you know, uh, hung out with her sister, which I mean, like for me, like I enjoyed that. I, you know, it, it advanced the story for me, you know, it, it did, you know, world building. Right. 
Um, Plus, I liked her. Ca- I liked the character of her sister. I was kind of just. Disapp- I kind of was based on the way this this season went. It didn't make sense for her to really be in this season, but I kind of was. I kind of hope we see her again. I kind of like. I I like that character. I liked in the idea of the other the other kids that were experimented on and things like that. So. Yeah, I mean, conceptually, it, it, they. Sh- I'm surprised that they didn't, you know, pull on that storyline more this season. But um, yeah, so they so they went back to the eight the eight episodes, and like you said, there were no like real clunkers. It just like everything was just kind of like you know, fairly jam packed. Like there were a couple of little bits here and there that were a little uh, like drawn out, but. By and large, it was it was very good. Um, the mall. <laughs> oh my god! I just you know, I like they could have given me a ninth episode where it was just the kids hanging out at the mall. I, like make make the whole thing a tribute to like mall rats from Kevin Smith. Just it was so amazingly perfect. Like just like. Down to all the details, the clothes that the that all the extras were wearing, the like the the memorabilia that they were buying, like the the bags from the stores that they were shopping at, the stores that they were shopping at, um, I, yeah, like it, it was just it was just so fascinating to just watch and just absorb because i mean like you know nobody is really doing like that authentic you know 80s you know related type stuff and this was just it was so so much fun to watch and honestly like it was it was also nice because like when the girls were like running through the the mall and uh, Eleven is just kind of like experiencing what it's like to be a girl and hang out with her girlfriends and do girl stuff at the mall. Uh, like, I'm I'm watching it and yeah, okay, that's cool. But I mean, like, it's not something that I identify with because I was a boy. But just everything else about it was just so amazing to watch. Like that that part, I just absolutely loved. It does capture – it did capture the flavor of kind of like the, the rise of the mall in America era that pretty much the 80s really represented. Yeah. That was the, the uh, maybe the golden age of malls, if you will, because – and which obviously in my age group, I, re, I do remember that. I do remember just the change of – just from, from the small from the smaller malls to kind of like yeah, your, your big – the big quote-unquote upscale mall with the multiple floors and stores up the wazoo and things like that, that – it did capture the look, the essence, and also kind of just if you were in that age group, how cool that was, you know, how yeah. cool. just just hanging out at the mall, you know that 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 was that was a that was the thing. Oh um, yeah, so. I, I was I was a little too young, like you know, I think was it I was um, I was like eleven in nineteen ninety. So I wasn't hanging out at the mall by myself in the 80s, but I mean, I love going. It was just, you know, it was great. You know, you had KB Toys and all the little knickknack shops and, you know, all like the, the, the food the food court. Yes. I, this, is, this is back when, like, uh, 
I, I don't think JC Penney's and Sears had toy departments, but they had like the toy catalog for Christmas, oh, and then occasionally, goodness. like you could get stuff like that there. But uh, Orange yeah. Julius, heck, heck, can't go wrong with the Orange Julius touch, which I don't think honestly, I don't, even, I don't know if I ever had anything at Orange Julius when I was a kid, but uh, but that name stands out forever in in my memory. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've never had. Orange Julius, but they at one point they mentioned uh, getting a corn dog or something like that. Like corn dogs were like just you know popping up or whatever. And I'm like I'm just thinking like myself like I remember being at one of like the local malls, one of the smaller ones, but they had like a place that had corn dogs, and I was just like all about corn dogs at that age. And my my wife like had never had one until she married me. I'm like, how did you how did you go this far without having a corn dog? <laughs> but yeah, I like for nostalgia reasons, like they captured that and bottled it up and you know and I drank it down. It was fantastic. <laughs> Nicely put. Um the there were a couple of things that were irritating, um that you know that they only happened to further the plot and they didn't actually make any sense you know like the whole like mike oh and i guess we should probably mention that there's going to be spoils. spoilers spoilers <laughs> just like there'll be spoilers for uh hobbs and shaw which I'll, I'll repeat just in case people skip skip the section even though but we'll mention that too yes yeah, so there's going to be there's definitely going to be going to be plot spoilers Ho- hopefully not too big because i haven't seen that one yet oh for hobbs and shaw there won't be that many I, I meant for this. I meant for this. I meant for this. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one, yeah, we're, we're spoiling the entire thing. <sighs> like curdled milk. <laughs> um, <laughs> give everybody a nice visual. Um, yeah, like... Um, Mike. Uh, yeah, Mike breaking up with Eleven. Um, it, it's Mike, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I Not too positive on all the kids names and everything but i have IMDb um, open for that reason because just just in case <laughs> yeah that's smart but um yeah like um it, that that never should have happened because she can read minds you know i like later on she does read his mind and like at no point was she ever able to pick up the fact that he was only doing that because of the fact that he loves her so much that he doesn't want to be, you know, forced away from her. I, you know, it didn't, didn't really jive. Um, you know, and then, you know, the fact that he lies to her, it's like just, just all, like everything would have been averted if he just said, look, you know, this is what Hopper told me and blah, 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 blah. And you mean a lot to me, so I'm going to do what he says because I want to keep seeing you. And then everything would have been fine. But they had to do something to split them apart so that she'd go hang out with um, Max. Uh, Max, yeah. And, you know, and, and start growing as a person. And I mean, like, okay, but you couldn't figure out another way to make that happen. Um or make their breakup like actually seem legit. And the reason that you can't make the breakup seem legit is because of the fact that the two of them, like they do make sense together. Like the two of them would like gladly like jump in front of a truck for the other one. 
you know? And I think that's so adorable. Like that is like, it's, it's what makes this show so likable. Like the, the fact that these two have such like a pure love for each other, um, that it, it, it does, you know, kind of like have that kind of like Superman, Lois Lane kind of thing where like in DC 1 million, you know, like, yeah, okay. Like, everything's been building because of these two characters and their feelings for each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, like the, the, Oh yeah. The other thing that I thought was really freaking weird and didn't make any sense whatsoever is that you have this other dimensional, like, um, I guess creature, we'll say, um, you know, the, the hive mind who gets trapped in our dimension and like within a year is able to figure out how to build itself a body. Hmm. Like, I mean, you know, like you're from another dimension, like you shouldn't know. And, and this goes back to like the previous ones also, like you shouldn't be able to figure out how to do anything in our dimension really because you know there's there's no you know there shouldn't be any equivalents like okay so you're making like rats eat fertilizer and then that converts their cells into something that this thing can use to build itself a body like what would ever be the impetus to make this thing think that, oh, okay, well, this is what I need to make a body. Like, first off, how would you know what you need to make a body? Like, if all of a sudden you were like a dis, you know, a, um, a, a disembodied spirit floating around in another dimension, you know, like, there's nothing that would ever make you think it's like, oh, okay, well, I need to make myself some skin that I can walk around in. So let's see what I can mix together. You know, like it's ridiculous. That part's ridiculous. Uh, but again, you know, it's the suspension of disbelief. But if you can get past that, then it was pretty cool. It's just kind of a big leap. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. But yeah, beyond that, um, you know, good character development. Uh, like I said, with the the siblings, um, eleven siblings, the other ten really, I really expected this season to be about like assembling the other ten to be able to take on the threat, and like they didn't reference them at all. So, I mean, maybe they'll tackle that in season four because she doesn't ha- seem to have any powers left by the end uh but uh, yeah that that's kind of a weird you know plot point to just drop completely for a season yeah i would suspect they're gonna go back to, go back to it i agree coming into the season without knowing what that much about what it was going to be about other than obviously the, the you know the hint and foreshadowing at the end of season um Two of what was going to happen in three, I I would have expected that we were going to get a little bit more of that, but maybe maybe it would like you said it would be natural now because because of the fact that 
it would be, it would be, it would be interesting to see how now that she's technically normal. Yeah, as normal as obviously her upbringing wasn't, but based on her power set, as far as we know, even though this is probably just dormant, the reality is, it'll, how is she going to react to that? Is is it something where is she really over t- over time going to get more used to it, or is it going to be something that she, she, which I guess we probably would all suspect on some level that it's going to be something where she's going to want it back, and maybe the way, maybe and maybe the way to and maybe. To, to understand what's going on, that will, will be more the impetus to seek out some of the other, some of the other kids because to see if they've had any similar experiences or or what they do or, or either way, I mean, because you have to suspect at some point she'll get her she'll get her powers back or some powers back. The question is how. The question is why. Uh, so yeah, that was an interesting way to, to way to end it. Like you mentioned with the, with the whole Mike and Eleven thing, Mike was kind of annoying for most of the season. He got better at the end, but I kind of thought he was kind of annoying. Yeah, but I mean, by the same token, like he, they kind of wrote him to purposely be that way to for the you know for the sake of the plot. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. That's why it seemed a little weird. But even from the, yeah. even from the beginning, when first of all, you know, what are they supposed to be like thirteen or fourteen or something? And the way they just blatantly making out like that and then showing disrespect. I mean, let's be honest. Hopper's a dick, generally speaking, and it made him less of a dick in the last two seasons. He was a major dick in the first season. Yeah. But, so they kind of de-dicked him. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, they have, they have eunuched him. Uh, <laughs> over, but still, they, they were just so blatantly... He was. They were just really being crappy to him. So, And that was a, it was a plot point, but, it, but, but Mike was annoying. On the other hand, I also thought... I thought Max was somewhat annoying too. The way she was like leading Eleven, not not necessarily astray, but she was just pumping her own beliefs into her head and just kind of. So, I mean, you know, I I agree, but by the same token, it it does kind of ring true with how girls would act at that age, especially when you have one who's not you know, like accustomed to those things, you know, and you have one girl who, who does have more experience. She absolutely would be like, Oh yeah, this is what you got to tell him. And you got to kick him to the curb. And then, you know, after he shapes up, then you can take him back and blah, 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 blah. Like to me, like, yes, it was irritating, but at least that part was like accurate. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying it was. I'm not saying it was unrealistic. Maybe in a way that's why it was. It was uh, as anno- It was so annoying to me because because it was re- because it was realistic. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, I still it still bothered. I mean, it wasn't oh because of, because it was done for in for humor in some ep- most of the time in the episodes or led to humor. I think it was easier to deal with. Let's say it's well. So it wasn't quite. At the level of annoying as like Erica was, as as Lucas's uh, sister was, because she was, and again they tried to make her less annoying in this season. But, yeah, she but, was. But then again, she couldn't be more annoying than she was in the previous season. So I guess they had no way to go but uh, but up. But she but she was she's always been an irritating character, and 
again, not saying it's unrealistic for a girl that age, you know, to 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 be lippy and to have an attitude, but it doesn't mean, but it doesn't mean that it's any it's any more enjoyable to watch just because it's reality. But they this they did try to soften her and and they kind of gave her at least give the hints that maybe she's actually going to be part of the group or at least of the the you know the the fringes of the group going forward. But yeah, so I, I don't, so I don't, I don't think the Max at her worst was uh, Erica bad, but I still feel bad for Will though, because man, they're really screwing that character. I mean, that poor, that poor kids have been screwed over for three straight years. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like this season he was starting to come into his own. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, but they still, like, dumped, they still dumped on him though. At least Mike did with that. Uh, especially the when Mike. Again, which can be read into multiple ways, either just because Will is still making up, not making up for lost time and being a kid because he's basically had two years in which he wasn't, or implying that maybe that he has that he that he's gay. Either way, when he made that comment, which was not said in a nice way, that I can't help it that you don't like girls or whatever. That I thought that was a pretty cheap shot when Mike said that to him, regardless of what it actually means, if it absolutely infers one thing or the other. It yeah. doesn't really matter. It's the fact that that, that it's just that here he for the like the third straight year this kid is on the outside and now he's on the outside because everybody else is doing their own thing or everybody else is pairing off with a chick and whether he whether he's interested in girls or not or whether he's just even as a defense mechanism dealing with his like his PTSD he's clinging to the his childhood since he kind of yeah. lost two years. Either way, you would think. That you know his best friend there would be a little would be a little more understanding and clearly so that so he did kind of I think he kind of got dumped on in a different way now you but they were more than happy to use his like a spider sense whenever they needed to about what was going on <laughs> yeah I mean like the fact that he wasn't like susceptible this time but he had that you know like you said the spider sense. <laughs> what, what, what do they call it in uh, Far From Home? The Spidey Tingle? Peter Tingle. The Peter Tingle? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like To me, that gave him more, more of a backbone. And honestly, he was, he was 100% right. And, you know, like, yeah, the guys weren't into like doing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that because of their girlfriends. But like his, you know, his, um, his, his, his viewpoint was like, okay, well, you know, I put a lot of work into this. This is something that we were all into. I thought that you were all still into it. And, you know, if, if the girls are your entire lives, like that's kind of boring, you know? You should, you know, try and step out of your, you know, what, what you've been doing and, and, and like actually hang out and we'll be guys and do this shit again. So like, yeah, like in the first two seasons, he was like, they treated him very young. And I think in this one, he's, you know, he's still kind of stunted, not so much stunted. You know, like he's he's just he is what a current geek is. You know, he's more like he's owned what he enjoys, and 
he doesn't really look at it as like a, a you know a, a childlike thing. He is growing up. He's got different interests and things like that than just girls, or you know maybe not girls at all. Um, but yeah, I think he's you know because of what happened to him in the first season. It's like yes, he at first he was just you know clinging towards being a kid as a defense mechanism, but clearly that matured him, you know, in other ways that I think we're starting to see also in this season. And like what I'd like to see is like after like next season, well, like when he comes back, he's either got like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something, you know, else going on. You know, maybe maybe he'll grow a mustache by then. Leather jacket, tattoo. <laughs> First time he sees Mike, punches him in the face. <laughs> um, Guess the new actor who's like three feet taller. Charlie Sheen is back. <laughs> he can use the work. Um, yeah, I, I do hope at least, especially if if whether if season, especially if season four is going to be the last one, which they've not confirmed one when the one way or the other, though there is a possibility it will be. Well, I, like, I thought it was definite. I don't know if they actually have confirmed season four. I, I think you might be. right. I've heard that. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I think I think once it, they officially announced there was going to be another season, maybe you're right. Maybe they did say season four was going to be it. Uh, then I, I definitely hope they give they give him his just due, considering those first three seasons he's kind of he kind of got he kind of got the shaft uh which is kind of funny because you look at a he's a, he's an inherently likable character and he's gotten the shaft and then you look at billy who was an inherently unlikable character who they actually gave a really nice arc to this season they gave a really nice arc to explaining why he's we kind of knew a little bit why he was such a dick because of his yeah. father we kind of knew yeah. a little bit but we didn't know to the to the degree that of of what his father basically did and how it changed and how it all but just the idea of having those images of well when when 11 was able to see him as a kid when he was young and he was happy with his mom and then of course having you know billy be able to step up to the plate and take literally take one for the team uh in the final episode i thought so i, I was kind of in a way, I mean, it would have been cool in a way if that character had lived and been kind of like kind of reformed to be, you know. But he doesn't really have a peer group to hang out with because I don't really see him. I, I just don't see him him hanging out with Nancy and, and Steve and Jonathan. <laughs> but so I, I did like I did like his arc. I thought they actually gave him something meaningful to do. Unlike let's say Nancy and Jonathan's arc was kind of wasted. And plus she and she plus she led him into such horrible situations. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, uh, as opposed to Steve, who had, who Steve has kind of become like the the breakout star here over the last two seasons because he was he was mostly a jerk in season one too, but the last two seasons he's been really he's, everybody seems to like Steve except for Robin, but that's a but there's a reason for that. <laughs> she likes um, him, but just not in that way. <laughs> I, I remember them saying, like, they had uh, there was an interview with uh, the creators, and they said, like, yeah, with Steve, like, he was such an unlikable, you know, character, but the actual actor, like, they loved him so much that they needed to redeem him and then bring him back just because they loved working with him so much. I guess he's such a pleasure to be, you know, on screen for everybody. 
that it, it basically, you know, it influenced them to change his character. I can see that. And, and plus the way they've developed that weird friendship between, I mean, not necessarily weird, but unlikely friendship between him and Dustin. <laughs> that they, they don't really seem like, but, but in a way, you can kind of see that they are, they kind of do learn from each other, you know? They kind of get, they kind of, they both benefit from their friendships in different ways. Obviously, uh, Steve being older says a lot he can, you know, pass on to Dustin, but in a way, just to feel, I don't know, it kind of bring, in a way, Dustin has helped Steve bring out the better person in him, I guess, by being protective and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and opening yeah. his eyes, obviously, to a, to a whole nother world, literally, but I just think, so their relationship, I think their relationship is cool, and in a lot of ways, the stuff with him and Robin and and Dustin were kind of the highlights of the kind of like the highlights of the season because there were there were a bunch of things that like that didn't do as much for me like like the the Hopper and the Joyce and the Hopper stuff didn't do that much for me. Uh, even the, even the whole Russian thing, the Russians under the mall thing, didn't do as much for me as I as I would thought I would have thought it was going to. Uh, it was interesting, <sighs> but not. I mean, the thing that pissed me off about that was that, like, the entire, like, government, you know, like, the military and everything, like, they just happened to get there, like, the second after the small town cop and, you know, and his girl end up saving the world. Like, it, like, just, like, it's almost as if they were waiting. It's like, oh, yeah. We'll let somebody else do it, and then we'll just go in and clean up. Like that—that that was kind of dumb. Like he—he he called them. Like they could have mobilized much faster. So that—that that was kind of like, eh. But um, you know, also the fact that you—you've got all these Russians underneath a mall like that, and nobody—you know—nobody picked up on that at all. Like you know, just nobody's watching or anything like that. It was kind of, that's kind of far fetched, but I don't know. Like the, 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 the teaser for next season, you know, like I'm wondering what, what the hell does that mean? Like, did they, was that thing something that they had captured from opening the gate or do they have the gate open? That is I'm gonna I'm gonna suspect is when they had uh something they captured. Uh, not that it's constantly open, but but it it opens the door. No pun intended. We don't know. We don't just like just like who who's like who, is is the American you know is the American Hopper you know is, or is it like Doctor Brennan or whatever? We don't we don't really know. Uh, I think most people don't believe Hopper's dead for various reasons. Since since you didn't actually see him die on screen, you can never really. You know, that, that, that's rule number one when it comes to death, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and plus, it's, it's, it would really be hard to imagine them trying to even do a season without without Hopper. Uh, so, but they do, they did a good job, I think, at leaving, leaving you wa- wanting more and not necessarily sure entirely where it was going to go. What, you know, what's going to be the catalyst for bringing everybody back together? Considering Joyce, what Will and uh, Eleven moved away, and Jonathan obviously moved away, so <clears throat> that's going to be and how that that ramifications for that with the group, you know, with a huge, almost like splitting the group in half to a certain extent. So we'll, so I'm I'm interested. Uh, when are we supposed to get this season? Is that next year? Is it 2020? 
Well, um, as far as I know, Netflix has not announced that this season is happening. And now, as far as I know, they are already filming, but I haven't heard an, an announcement, you know, to say that it's definitely happening, let alone when it's going to happen. So, I don't know, like, I, you know, because now you have options, because, like, they said that they were going to come visit, like, you know, next holiday, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or something like that, uh, but they left in summer, so you would think that they would see them again by Thanksgiving or Christmas of, the, of that same year. Yeah, that, usually, would make, that would make sense, yes. But usually when they do these seasons, they're all like a year apart. So I don't know if we're going to like find out that they did come back and visit for Thanksgiving and Christmas or, or just one of those or – if they haven't seen each other and then it's next, you know, it's the next summer or something like that. Or if it's like, you know, the next Thanksgiving that they see them, I, I don't, I'm not really sure what, which direction they're going to go. Guess we'll find out before you know it, hopefully sooner rather than later. Hopefully they won't make a, hopefully they won't make us wait too long. Um, yeah, well, listen, they, they better get this, this season out because, who knows how much longer Netflix has with uh, Disney Plus coming? <laughs> well, I th- which which is a topic we should do for another. Maybe we can do that, and when we do when we do our uh, our pre-birth. <laughs> but yeah, I th- I think Netflix they've been preparing enough for this. Where I think they're gonna, I think they'll be around for at least a while. But I do- I would tend to agree that now let's, let me just wait because this could be another whole whole tangent but it's yeah I, I, but they they definitely have they definitely have problems on the horizon fast approaching and and they need to and while they prepared for it i don't know if they have if preparing for it alone is gonna you know be able to stem the tide <laughs> but i guess we'll find out <laughs> yes basically all the all the stockholders for uh, for Netflix, like it's just like uh, winter is coming, <laughs> <laughs> and we know how well that turned out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so it's like segue to Hobbs and Shaw for the grand. Sounds finale. good. Yep. All right, so uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of lot of details. It's not not from a spoiler perspective about Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, as people who, who have listened to this program know, I've been looking, I've been, that was one of the movies I was really high on my want to see list. That was definitely <laughs> in my top five of movies uh, to see this year. And it was definitely higher than Star Wars. Uh, which <laughs> Star Wars still is, I think Star Wars ended up being in my list only because of common movies Chad and I had, and I let him take some because one was like Godzilla, so obviously that's, that's, that's in his wheelhouse. So I couldn't, I could not let him have it. So I think by luck of the draw, I ended up maybe if I if I had Star Wars in my list, it just made it, it made it by default. But it was so I was really looking forward to Hobbs and Shaw. I saw it Thursday night, and I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to enjoy it, though I can't necessarily put my finger on what I was expecting that I didn't get. Or maybe it was just one of those ultimate examples of when you really looking when you really are looking forward to something that 
uh, it can't live up. Yeah, it just, it just it becomes it just becomes impossible to live up to the to the hype or the or the or what you have in your own mind as as an expectation. So I think that might have been it. It was it was fun. Uh, as anybody who has seen the last few Fast and Furious movies know that you know, that the, the chemistry between Jason Statham and The Rock is really good, which is the, thus. That's the reason why they did the spinoff, among other reasons, which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you saw the tra- and for the, anybody who saw the trailers, that's the basic plot of the movie about the fact that the you know, Idris Elba is this you know, genetically engineered soldier with mercenaries. Now, who created him is a big mystery that you don't get an answer to in this movie anyway. They're clearly setting that up for something relevant going forward, assuming there's going to be more move, going to be sequels to this movie. But you know the idea of the virus that Shaw's sister steals and and everything else, and so that's basically that, that basically is the plot of the movie, and and they have to work together to save to save his sister who's who basically who injects the virus into her to to get it to to take the virus and get it away from Idris Elba. He she injects it, but it's a slow act. You know, it's a slow a- acting virus that doesn't so it hasn't been activated yet. So there's still time for you to get it out of your system before. And it's and it's one of those super viruses where you basically you can program you can program that virus, <laughs> so it's programmable to basically to do multiple things. Uh, so a lot you know the act of course the action's over the top even in Fast and Furious movies now we know they've gotten they've gone completely crazy beyond what's you know what's reasonable. And now did you hear about the cameos in the movie? No. Would you like to hear about the cameo? Now, a number point number one: the cameos are, have nothing to do with Fast and Furious people, so it's not like anybody, any characters we already know show up even for a second or two in this movie. That's not what it's. It's more. It's more like it's the it's actors who we know who show up playing new characters, which again, obviously, are trying to set up the direction if they were to continue Hobbs and Shaw movies. Um, uh, give me one. I'll give you one. Uh. Ryan Reynolds. Really? Yes. Which is not that surprising since Ryan Reynolds is uh, going to be in that movie that Netflix just bought that Universal passed on, which was – oh, what is it? Red red something. I would have to look it up. That uh, – but Ryan – the rock starring in it, but Ryan Reynolds is now going to be in it too, and that's going to be coming to – that's going to be on Netflix at one point. So – but yeah, Ryan Reynolds plays, you know, plays an. I think he's another. I think he's another CIA. I think he was a CIA character. But as of course Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, so to me that only goes so far these days because I'm really Ryan Reynolds out because all he does is play himself constantly. But <laughs> so, but but if you but if Ryan Reynolds is is so if you are so inclined to laugh at most everything Ryan Reynolds does with his shtick, whether he's Deadpool or, or any other role that he plays, then you'll enjoy his his different. And he's in this. He's he's in more than one scene in this movie, but you will enjoy his character in the movie if you're kind of like like okay, here we go again. Then you may not, but that's an example. And there's another and there's another uh, actor who's really known for being with The Rock, who's who's kind of in this in this movie too, in a smaller cameo. Uh, no pun intended. So, the reality. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a not so subtle hint, but for, but um, but the reality is, it's it's enjoyable. From a box office perspective, it opened up exactly in the range that it was being projected to 
to open up in, which is disappointing to me because I would have bet anything when they were when they were first pushing this movie in the beginning of the year that I would have pushed any I would have bet anything this movie was going to be like at least at least like a seventy five to eighty five million dollar opening because the trailers were, really looked good and they and they really were and they really were selling this, uh, but based on where the projections had been even for the last month, it did fit into that it did fit into that range, made about one hundred eighty million dollars overseas so far. Has not opened in China yet, which is huge, since Fast and Furious movies have been huge in China. <laughs> so whether this, so basically, and this movie's got a big budget. This movie had a two hundred million dollar budget, which pretty much means between the marketing and everything else, this movie's going to have to make probably close to six hundred million dollars worldwide to uh, to at least make money. And basically, I think it's going to come down to China. I think it's going to it's it's going to earn a decent chunk of change between overseas and domestically before it settles. But whether it's actually going to turn a profit or not will probably determine when it opens in China at the end of the month, whether it actually pulls in like – obviously, if it pulls in several hundred million dollars during its run in China, then it's going to be fine. If it kind of, if it kind of pulls like a – if it kind of does what uh, the solo Star Wars story did like overseas box office where it basically does nothing, then yeah, it's, it's not. So, and, so that, that opened a can of worms too because as – as a lot of people know, obviously The Rock and Vin Diesel haven't been getting along these days. <laughs> so, is is it known why? It's, yeah, it's it's known now. At first, it was. I think it was back when they were doing. It was either back when they were doing the the eighth movie or when they were doing the seventh movie that The Rock made some. Comments, but he didn't. He didn't attach it to somebody specifically. Yes, he called somebody like a, a Rudy Poo and a candy ass. He called somebody a candy ass. Yeah, and then it's and then eventually I think it got pinpointed that he was talking about Vin Diesel. And I don't think there was ever anything that came out to either by The Rock or anybody to indicate that was inaccurate. Right. And then they got to the point when they were, when they did the Fate of the Furious that for and, and this is this is kind of common knowledge at this point for for many for not for every for people who just don't pay attention to the stuff it may not be for people who pay attention to movie shit like I do it's fairly common knowledge that they things were so things were so the tension between the two of them is is, str- is strong enough at this point that when they did Fate of the Furious there never is an actual scene between The Rock and Vin Diesel in which they're actually shot together on camera that they were never really on set together and so any of those scenes like when they're driving side by side between like before Vin Diesel crashes into the rock and sends them flying or even at the end I think when they're all having their post victory like celebration dinner or whatever that the rock and Vin Diesel are like never really shot together because they're never really in a scene together truly and that's the way and that's the way it is Right now, it doesn't mean that now we know money talks. So they're they're doing they're filming Fast Nine now. I heard a rumor they were doing both back to back, but I don't really think that's confirmed that they're doing both back to back. But if it's if obviously if they're doing back to back, both back to back, you can probably take it to the bank that The Rock will not be in ten because he's not nine. He right. Jason, Jason Statham and The Rock's characters are not in in Fast Nine, Furious Nine, whatever the hell it ends up being called. So the tenth one supposedly is going to be the last one, which of course you say supposedly because even if it's the last one for now, five years down the road we'll they'll probably do another one no matter what. But it would it would be and because going back to the feud between Vin Diesel and The Rock, supposedly what originally what the plan was at the end of 
Fate of the Furious, there was going to be a post-credit scene that was going to basically hint at or, po- or lead you to the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. But being the, being the producer as he, as he is on those movies, Vin Diesel shut it down. He said he didn't want that. Just like he supposedly worked really hard to get this to get this spin to get this spinoff killed. So that was not so, but he didn't he did not succeed obviously in getting, yeah. getting that. But then you had Tyrese Gibson who moaned and bitched, which is what Tyrese Gibson seems to do. But he's not campaigning for fifty five times to be John Stewart. <laughs> There's your Green Lantern news for the tie into the episode that he he gave The Rock a real hard time about about doing a spinoff and how it was inappropriate. Blah 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 blah. And then, of course, now that once Hobbs and Shaw comes out, it opens and doesn't open as well, and it opens relatively low on the scale of Fast and Furious movies. Though again, it's a spinoff. It's not, yeah. a, pro- it's not a proper Fast and Furious movie. Right. But he was one of the, he's the one kind of making comments about almost like basking in the glow of, of a movie that's you know he is being by his standards at this point is being deemed a failure, though it may very well not turn out to be overall. And it's certainly not a failure with with the critics, which has actually got a relatively decent. Not a great, but for this kind of movie, it has a good – for a Fast and Furious movie, it has a good Rotten Tomatoes score, has a good audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and has a good cinema score. So from a, from a fan's perspective, the fans like it, but in but box office is up in the air still. But Tyrese Gibson was talking about how the movie was a fa- seemingly judging it a failure and kind of like basking in the glow. It was like, oh, you know, you could come back – you know, you come back to you know, come back to Fast 10 and put the family together, and it's like, jeez. Like first of all, I mean, I mean, I mean, the fact that you're openly rooting for part of your own franchise to fail is really kind of inherently stupid. Yeah, uh, it's stupid on multiple levels because I mean, because and there's more. I mean, if you if you really thought Tyrese Gibson was just looking out for the for the franchise's well being and said we're better together than we are separate and we have to just not, let's not like dilute the product. If you really thought that's what he was doing. And those were the motivations behind it. I could see it a little bit more, but yeah, but it's hard to believe that that has anything to do with why he's doing what he's doing. It's a making it clear which side of the rock Vin Diesel feud he supports, and also probably being really, really petty that he probably felt that they were going to do a Fast and Furious spinoff that Roman Pierce should have been the character that got the spinoff since he's been around the longest now, probably since other than Vin Diesel himself, and uh, since they are bringing back what Jordana Brewster is Mia, I think, in, in Fast Nine. That other than bringing that, other than those original characters from the first movie, he's been around the longest, so he would probably think, "Hey, I should have been the star of a spinoff movie, or at the very least, if I'm not going to be the Rock, uh, the equivalent of the Rock in a spinoff movie, I should at least be the equivalent of Jason Statham in a spinoff movie." <laughs> and he wasn't. So I think at the end of the day, that. Um, I think that's where a lot of this comes from, and it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out because I personally think the Fast and Furious franchise peaked with number seven, much because of the the interest and the hype and the curiosity about how they were going to reshoot, rewrite the movie to give Paul Walker's character the, the send off that they did. That, 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 that there was a lot of hype behind that movie, much like there was a lot of hype behind The Dark Knight after Heath Ledger died but before right. the movie came out. That that made it more of a want to see, a curiosity factor. Plus, there's some people who wanted to see, like, can we spot the scenes where Paul Walker's brother was acting for him? And they CGI'd, you know, Paul Walker's face and stuff like that. So there's curiosity there, too, but some people wanted to see what, they, what did they do with the character. And... Because there was a clear drop-off, not just domestically, but even overseas, looking at Fate of the Furious' box office with 
with number seven. So I would be really so I'm interested to see if number nine is going to continue that trend downward, especially with The Rock not being in the movie, because well, you know, because The Rock certainly helped bring something to the franchise. And you could debate whether the you know whether it was the franchise changing that made it you know whether it was just the franchise changing that made it more popular, whether the rock coming into it made it more popular, or whether it was a equal parts both. But either way, you know the rock has been in five, six, seven, and eight. So now taking him out of nine, that's questionable. And uh, yeah, it's good for from a box office perspective. And especially if you're going to do number 10, if you're really aiming for 10 to be the finale, I don't see how on any uh, – on God's green earth you can't bring back Hobbs. Uh, and depending on what they wanted to do with Shaw, I mean they were hinting at some – they were kind of hinting at – and the writers said this too, that eventually there's going to be like justice for Han as they called it for – you know for, for since Shaw ended up killing – and the, and the retcon of how Han died in, in uh, Tokyo Drift, that Shaw was the one responsible for it. So unless they give us some other kind of retcon that changes that or perception of that – that they were kind of hinted at Shaw acknowledging that he did things that you know that he has to atone for and things like. It would, to me, that would have logically only really made sense that occur in the main Fast and Furious universe because, because, mm. because yeah, I mean Hobbs knew Han, but he wasn't really attached to him, not like everybody else was. But th- those are those are really my initial thoughts. I I enjoyed I enjoyed Hobbs and Shaw. I didn't think it was it quite as good as I. As I would like it to be, and I'm very interested just to see what's going to pan out. With does it make enough money to do another sequel? I mean, to do a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw, which I'm sure if they do it, they're going to they'll probably tone down the budget a lot. I mean, they won't make it super cheap, but you don't need to have a 200 million dollar budget. <laughs> That's a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. I mean, making maybe more like 100, 125 million dollars, and so just so just so realistically, so you only have to make like about maybe 350, 400 million dollars worldwide, which is a lot easier to do for a movie like this than having to make – I mean it could like – again, it depends on China. It could very easily do the money it needs, but it has to make tons of money in China. <laughs> no cars in this one. Only rechargeable bikes and hover, hover – uh, <laughs> But they are pushing this movie heavily. I mean a lot of a lot of their marketing and a lot of their tours and press con- – I think they're over – The Rock at least was. They were in China I think over the weekend if not now. So I think they really are pushing this. So we'll see how we'll see how that opens. But I'm more interested in seeing how this – you know how this affects the franchise going forward, and and the politics, obviously the office politics of what's how much because how so like how much pull does if they're not filming these movies that back to back how much pull does Vin Diesel have going into the tenth one does he have more pull because it's the last one and he can say anything he wants like well yeah if I don't you really can't do this movie without me because you can't really wrap it up you can but you're gonna you know but the fans aren't gonna you know gonna go see it. Or will he have less pull because of the, because they're planning on this being the last movie anyway, and Universal will go well. Hey, if you really don't want to do this movie, well, we're still going to do it, and it'll still make money. It just it'll be cheaper because we won't have to pay you. <laughs> um, we'll just get Ryan Reynolds. Oh please, no, 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 no. Um, <sighs> but nonetheless, so that those are those were my thoughts. So have you seen the Fast and Furious movies, or most of them, some of them? Please, I saw the first two. And that was it. Um, I I like them. I like them quite a bit, and I you know intended on seeing the rest of them, but like when I like I I was planning on doing this like three or four years ago. I think it was probably before uh, let's say before seven came out. But it's like 
the you could only get all the the movies in like a box set or something like that and it was it was too expensive and i just didn't care that much so i didn't really pursue it i, I suppose that that is something that i should look into to to try and catch up but i mean i know that i'd enjoy it the hobbs and shaw looks really good my question for you is do you think that it like Obviously, this is not the ideal movie to show, say, a six-year-old. You know, not nothing specific here. I'm just throwing out a random number that's completely unrelated to myself or family. But do you think that a six-year-old would enjoy this movie, and do you think there, there would be any problems? Now I have to rewind my rewind my brain to try to pick out. I mean, already there are things popping into my head that probably wouldn't be appropriate um, but I'm trying to think, and the sliding scale, depending on what you know, what said six-year-old has watched before. Yeah, I would probably say no. I mean, it is PG thirteen. It is PG thirteen. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, it's very, it's very, it's very violent. There's yeah. not, there's not a whole lot of. Actually, no, there's. Let me take that back. There's, there is nudity, if I remember correctly. If I remember really? correctly, I think there is. Because it was, it was. I am correct. It is PG thirteen, right? I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm. That would make sense. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm I, that was a. That was a thinking out loud kind of thing. I'm trying to see if I can find it real quick. Um, PG. PG thirteen. Does it say nudity? Uh, I mean, unless I'm confusing it with something. I don't think I am though. It says suggestive material and some strong language. Um. Along with prolonged sequences of action and violence, I thought that I thought there was maybe, uh, uh, but either way, there's there are some things that I think were, are kind of are somewhat inappropriate. Um, but it's 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 a it's a fine it's it's a fine line it's it's a fine line. I probably would I probably would say a little older would be better. I probably yeah. would say that. Uh, and as far uh, as your bo- as far as your box set goes, yeah, at this especially at this point, if you were. If they really are going to end at 10, you might as well just wait a couple of years and get the 10, 10 movie box. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, like, I, I, I rarely buy movies now. It's It's got to be something extra special. I, I don't think I have either of the Avengers movies, the last uh, two Avengers movies. Um, it, like I said, it's got to be something that I really want to watch on DVD or Blu-ray. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll figure out how to watch them digitally, one way or another. Come hell or high water. <laughs> the eight movie box set is really cheap right now. How much? Thirty thirty six ninety six for the Blu Ray. Jesus Christ, thirty six ninety six. What do I look like? I'm made of money. <laughs> for eight movies, nine discs. Listen, this isn't this that's isn't not, alien. That's not even that's not even what five dollars five dollars a movie. <laughs> Listen, this isn't this isn't the alien predator universe that we're talking about. No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not buying it either. But this is when if it really does end for, in, for the foreseeable future, I would probably. Now they do have a six movie disc set too. Uh, but you might. But at this point, no. You might. As well, I mean, if you're gonna get a box set, you might as well get the one that has the most movies in it. And they. And that's the problem. That's the problem with franchises that just friggin' don't end. It's like there's always there's always, which there's always going to be another box set as a way to get money. So it's kind of like hard to ever well to I ever mean, catch up. No, that's not entirely true because Lord of the Rings and Star Star Wars kind of nailed that down by just doing trilogies. 
Yeah, but then they keep re-release. But then they re-release it with extra, 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 extra footage, like Lord of the Rings case, or they. Yeah. Or the, um, but you or, still or have spe- all the special editions, or <laughs> right? But you have like you if you if you get that first set, then you've got the set and you've got the three movies. That if is you true. decide you want to, you know, upgrade for the extended versions, you can get that set. But you know, you don't need that, and you still have a set. That's true, and it's funny they've come out with they've come out with so many, so many like Rocky box sets. Even in Blu-ray, I mean they they came out with the now they have like the Rocky Heavyweight Collection, mm-hmm. and the one I have. Let's see if they even have it anymore. Uh, I think I have the. It might be the Rock. No, that's what I let's see. I just said no. That's it's interesting they showed this. That's a different different cover, but it's the same. The same title, the Heavyweight Collection. That's not the one I had. That's the new one. But there was another. There was another Blu-ray box set because I have the. I had the. D, I had the DVD box set, and then I got the Blu-ray box set. And then they had the. They had a re-release, and it's like I don't. It's like, and from what I could tell, there really isn't anything on it to justify anything new of consequence to justify getting it. Mm. So if you didn't have it, if you didn't have it, it'd be great. Because even now I'm looking at the Rocky Heavyweight, the Rocky Heavyweight Collection, which is Rocky through Rocky Balboa, the anniversary box set, the 40-year anniversary box set, which is probably the only reason it exists. That that's twenty, that's twenty-four dollars and ninety cents for for, and that's uh, and that's for for six discs, which is interesting because that just means there's no special, there's no one unique disc for special features, I guess. Then, um, oh no, let's see. Uh, all all the special features are on the rock. Are on uh, looks like the Rocky, looks like on the Rocky disc itself. That's what mm. it looks like if it's. So yeah, it depends. That's 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 the problem. I mean, they, but for you for Fast and Furious, yeah, you might you might as well you might as well wait at this point and see. We'll see. That's all we can do. All we can do yeah. is see. Yeah. Are we all done now? I think so. You have any, anything else you want to? T- I mean, we'll be recording again soon anyway. But is there anything else of consequence you'd like to mention? Uh, <sighs> absolutely not. I am about to pass out. All right. So, we'll, so <laughs> I will. I will do the the traditional closing. Goodbye. No. Uh, <laughs> lant- lanterncast at gmail dot com. Uh, the website is lanterncast dot com. Voicemail is seven zero eight lantern. Twitter, Facebook, use hashtag GLCast to locate us on those. And last but not least, iTunes and Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. Next episode probably will be that Sinestro, <laughs> you're the villain one shot. I would assume that's we're going to pick up right where we left off. But that's 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 all I have for you now, people. Nice. You guys, the the ending that you guys have. It's so much nice, nicer and organized than when Dan and I did it. We basically just keep on repeating Lantern Cast over and over again, and occasionally throw in a .com or at Gmail, or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Lantern Cast, Lantern Cast, Lantern Cast, Lantern Cast, Lantern Cast. You could reach us at any of those. Mo- moving your hand like a Jedi mind trick. <laughs> it's like you know how to contact us. <laughs> you know where to find us. <laughs> this is the podcast you're looking for. <laughs> and yet somehow they never did contact us. I don't I don't understand it. <laughs> oh man. So, it's no no way to know. No way to know why. Okay, doke. Good night everybody. So long. <laughs>